Welcome to Unstyled. I'm your host, Christine Barbrick, co-founder and global editor-in-chief of Refinery29. Each week, I invite a notable person to come in and talk with us as we explore the funny, inspiring, sometimes heartbreaking tales of life, work, and love, as told through the things that we wear. Today's guest requires a bit of an R29 history lesson. Piera Gilardi, Refinery29's executive creative director and one of my co-founders, and I met while working at City Magazine back in 2001. For those of you that don't remember City, it was a super cool, pretty indie magazine and was really a place where both Piera and I had the freedom to find and explore our creative voices and really our personal styles. In fact, it's where Piera eventually became photo director and earned the magazine an ASME for Best Photography. In 2004, Piera and I joined our other two co-founders, Philip and Justin, to create what would eventually grow into Refinery29 as you know it now. At her core, Piera is really an art director. She sees the world, not just our company, through a very unique and imaginative lens. Everything from a meal to an event for thousands to basic outfit planning is conceived as its own art form when you're Piera Gilardi. Moments that might be overlooked by others are made truly memorable by this lady. And that's why she's a super dear friend of mine, and she's also here today to tell us why and how she does it. Hi, Piera. Hi. That's so nice. So we've been in business together for... 11 a and a half. dog's age. A lot. A lot of years. 11 and a half years. It'll be 12 years next June. I feel like it would be so interesting hearing our origin story from your perspective because the origin story kind of happened before I entered the picture. Um, we used to work together at City Magazine, which is no longer in existence, but it was an incredible design and fashion and architecture and kind of an experimental downtown magazine that you and I really cut our teeth at creatively and had a lot of freedom there. And I think that's where we both sort of found our creative voices. I mean, I think it was such a exciting and interesting time. I was still at City. You had moved on to other pastures, but I was still there and um, was very much feeling like my entrepreneurial calling. Urges? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and I think I always, like, kind of had these, like, side projects. Like, when I was at City, I was trying to launch that zine, Mm -hmm. Team Red, Let's Get Awesome, Mm -hmm. and that had just kind of fallen apart a little bit because I didn't have the right partners in place that had diversified skill sets to bring it to life. And also, you know, we wanted – it was not a zine, actually. It was, like, a really fucking expensive, like, art book that we wanted to make that – Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that except if you've got no money and you don't know how to get money, that's kind of a problem. Yes. Um, So that had kind of, like, fallen – Small obstacle. (laughs) Small (laughs) obstacle. Um, The printer quote. That was our our obstacle. Uh, So that had kind of dissolved, and it was very disappointing, and I – you know, and then I was still at City, and I had loved it, but I kind of felt like that cyclical magazine. Um, it was kind of starting to peter out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It felt like there wasn't momentum, and personally, I felt like that cycle of like issue after if issue was just getting really boring. So, um, yeah, it started dating Philip, who's now my husband and is our co-founder. And he and Justin had the idea for ref- the very nascent like stages of you know the idea that would become Refinery Twenty Nine. 
we were living together and it was just kind of fun for me to brainstorm with them and you know offer my perspective from the publishing and fashion world but it was like to me it was this side project i didn't really necessarily see the potential or think it was going to be some, you know, big empire in the future. But, you know, it was fun for me to to think about something else, to help develop something else. Saw that they You know how to get shit done, which I think is really a rare quality. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think in the early days of our business, I just, I saw where there were needs and I jumped in and did them, you know, whether that was learning Google Analytics or learning to code or, you know, photographing things. Um, I feel like that's now like slightly to my detriment like I need to unwind that because I need to focus but um, I do think it was you know some that was sort of the role that I played early on to get back to our story we we had worked at City Magazine and I as you know I came in as an intern originally and you were the executive editor taught me so much you know we had loved working together I was always you know you were a mentor to me so someone who really inspired me and who you know was much more accomplished in your career than I was. So early on, I suggested that Philip and Justin get in touch with you. And I, I really, I, I didn't, this is not what I expected would happen. I thought that they, that you would say, oh, you know, sounds like a cute idea. Here's an <laughs> intern or like an assistant that I used to work with that you guys should talk to. And so I was totally floored when you had drinks with them. And you called me up and you said, I, you know, I'm really looking to get into digital. I think this is an amazing idea. And I want to do it, but I can't tell, you know, how in it you are. I only want to do it if we can work together and we can, like, make magic together again. And it was like, for me, that was like such a light bulb moment because I hadn't seen the potential, I think, because I was in it and I was just doing what needed to be done to help them to establish it. I didn't didn't see the potential and I also didn't have the mindset to say, oh, I want to, I want to make this official. I'm putting my, I'm putting my time into this, like, what's this arrangement look like? So it was actually when you joined and you got pen to paper saying like what the arrangement was for you that I then, you know, you encouraged me to like do the same because I was just donating my time to it, you know, as like a friend, girlfriend, creative spirit, just excited about new stuff. One of the things I wanted to ask you is, is obviously self-expression, just feeling at home in your personal style is something that you and I really inspired us in the beginning when we first started crafting what the the voice and vision of Refinery29 would be. And it was really exciting for us at that time because street style was really starting to become a thing. And that was really all grounded in just people wearing what they wanted to wear. What was one of the most sort of significant things that happened when you were growing up that really kind of just clarified for you, you know, who you were or like how you wanted to express yourself through the things you wore? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I started dressing myself, I was a very expressive dresser. Um, I had a lot of fun with what I wore. I had a lot of flair, mixing and matching things. Um, I got really, I was really into color and weird textures like vinyl, sparkly vinyl and sequins and, um, you know, fishnet and and all this stuff, and I um, I had a I had so much fun with my dressing, and my um, junior year 
of high school I went to RISD art camp. I met people from all over the place, you know, all these other teenagers that loved art and fashion and were creative and dressed crazy. And I was- Your people. Oh my God, my people. I was so, I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of people that I met there. I felt so good about who I was and- and I saw this future for myself. Strangely there, I also met this girl who I fell in love with. We ended up dating. She went to a high school near mine. She had never dated a girl before, and she was like not really cool with it. And she didn't really, she didn't tell her parents. She didn't really tell her friends except for her two um, gay best friends. Um, So I was kind of like a secret And she, I think because she was so uncomfortable with the fact that she was dating a girl and she didn't want to tell anyone about it. And I think she wasn't ready to confront who she she, was probably either. Yeah. She also started to like, because she wouldn't really introduce me to her friends as who I was. She started to like really criticize what I would wear. And she wanted me to wear her clothes and be more like her. She kind of, she dressed kind of raver, like a polo raver, like big Jenkos and like, you know, big polo shirts and stuff. It was this really weird moment where I started wearing things that really didn't feel like me. And and at times, like, she would convince me to wear her clothes. So, you know, and that just felt so bizarre. And I remember somewhere towards the end of our relationship, her convincing me to wear this outfit of hers. And I went out and I ran into people that I knew. I felt so icky and felt so bad about myself that I, like, was letting someone kind of dictate what I should wear and and that they were making me feel so bad about myself that I was like not inhabiting my identity that I was you weren't following your gut. Yeah, I wasn't following my gut and it felt so awful and I you know, I realized like I never I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to let anyone make me feel bad about what I wear and how I express myself and that's just not that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. So now I'm wearing fringe <laughs> and stripes and rivets. And if people don't like it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Exactly. You lead one of the one of the biggest teams in the company. You know, our company is now like I can't even believe it. It's eclipsed like 400 people. It's incredible so all over great. the Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. World, it is nuts. We did that. We did that. We built that city. We did build that city. It's a great city at that. But how do you inspire that feeling, you know, without it feeling like pushy or setting a certain expectation that people should express themselves? But how do you actually, how do you share that kind of opportunity with people on the team? How do they feel inspired by that and how do they express it? I think part of it is setting an example and pushing myself to express myself and and continue to grow and evolve my style and really look for a lot of interesting outside references. I try and encourage my team to do the same by doing things like we do a monthly meeting where everyone brings inspiration and vi- you know visual inspiration that they're excited about. It's, it's always amazing because we often see so much similarity in terms of the things that we're excited about. I think that's so important to give the space to explore and to look for new ideas and references. It's really, to me, 
my role is pushing people forward and giving them the space to be creative. So I think just having that dialogue and trying to bring inspiration into the environment, I think it's so so much more interesting in how you actually create something new is to like truly remix it and truly mash up references from different places. And I get a lot of inspiration from art and podcasts and all these different places that can trigger different types of ideas. You know, you help the team to get kind of re-inspired as well. But what are some what are some tips that normal people or people that aren't creative directors can can kind of like can or can rub off on them? I think, you know, I mean, I think museums and French films are great if you love those things, but some people feel totally alienated by those things and they don't, you know, they make you they make some people feel like an outsider or like those are untouchable and too highbrow. I think I think inspiration comes in all shapes and forms, so be I think being receptive to what actually gets your brain going. Inspiration finding shouldn't be a slog. It should be fun and that's what So following like what actually feels good. Yeah. And just like that you look forward to. It doesn't feel like work. Your inspiration should feel good. It should be something that you really enjoy. I think another way to get creatively unstuck is also recognizing the people that make you feel creative. Everyone is creative. And not creative. Yeah. That make you feel stuck. Yeah. Figuring out you know, like sometimes for me, there's like two junior people on my team who I just have a great dynamic with. I feel really comfortable with them. They make me laugh. So sometimes if I feel stuck, I just ask if we can talk for 10 minutes and we just kind of have a back and forth. And then that unsticks me. I think laughing, that's another thing that we learned in our city days is, you know, um, I try when I'm leading a brainstorm, I try to be really like say something really stupid to start or something absurd, more not less stupid, but absurd. Because I think that once you laugh, it kind of opens up your brain. You're not like, I mean, when you think about a block, it's like a, a hard ball that's like blocking the flow of things. It's so a barricade. Yeah, laughter can like shatter that and open up the synapses to come up with um, interesting ideas. So it's finding things that bring joy and laughter and enjoyment because so often when we're blocked, it's like we're forcing ourselves to to think about something where like that's not when you get into a flow. That's not when you kind of find the answer, in my opinion. I love like depth and meaning. I love things that are, you know, I'm very visual and I love beauty, but I'm what I'm really obsessed with is like depth and meaning and, and doing things that are that might delight the eye and the senses on one level, but then you realize there's this other deeper level to it. So it's been an interesting process as we've grown the company from literally, you know, coding, coding stories and making collage images and photographing things like ourselves to having this team, you know, this amazing team creating content but it's such a different creative process from doing something yourself to learning how to educate people about the way that you think so that they can think similarly but do things in their own style. And there's so much beauty in people bringing their own style and their own creativity to the table. Um, so it's, it has been an interesting shift in how I exert my vision to learn how to do it on that much bigger scale and how to bring that inspiration and that education into the environment. I mean, I love it when someone sends me something and they're like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know that thing was happening. And they're like, how is that possible? It's so you, it looks like you're, it's so like your vision. And I'm like, well, 
that's that's a big compliment because that means that I've like taken my vision and like taken it up here, but that people are doing things that like make me so proud and that actually when I look at like that video, I'm like, oh, I don't even know how I would have actually done that, but they did it and they brought so much creativity to it. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's like, it's like being the conductor of the orchestra versus the violin player, the theremin player. You are married to our, one of our other co-founders, Philip from Boreas. You want to know about our sex life? No. <laughs> I wasn't going to actually ask about your sex life. But, I know. You know. I'm sure he'd love that. Oh, he would love it. He would. But, you know, what's been exciting is to really see Philip's style evolve. There's kind of this image of, you know, startup people and like the kind of things that they wear. And it's really been exciting to see Justin and Philip each kind of finding their groove. Just yesterday, I saw Philip wearing a pair of polka dot sneakers with a little with a little kind of like red kickback thing in the back. It was really adorable. And it reminded me of you. What's it like to, to be married and to live with somebody that you work with every day? I mean, I love it. I grew up in a family business. So for me, like work and life have always been mashed up. I I'm really passionate about what I do and Philip's really passionate about what he does and we're building the company together. So we find it, I find it exciting. I feel like it connects us and bonds us and I, it's been amazing for me to see him grow so much in his leadership and to see, you know, what he's contributed and I, and it's also amazing for me to see him see me and like admire me for my leadership and my creativity and I don't know, there's something really beautiful about that. I feel like I know him so fully because I see him in these different aspects of life. And I also love that I see, you know, Philip, you know, dances at home and is like a goofball that, you know, maybe people at the office don't always see. Also how he sees my style. Like he's not like a traditional dude that just like likes it when I wear like really short skirts. Yesterday when I was wearing this like high, these like high waist denim like riveted jeans with this denim jacket he was like he just like stopped what he's he was doing and he was like you look amazing he's like that is the look (laughs) i even think when we started the company i i felt as as i grew as a manager and a leader that i didn't really have any really many role models out in the world for the type of leader that I would like to be. Um, Most of my role models were right in front of me were, you know, the different, you know, all the amazing women that we work with, yourself included. You know, I, I knew that the vision that I had for myself was a leader that, you know, had was um, imaginative and and curious and and kind and and all these things. But I didn't really see a lot of examples of that. I kind of saw a leadership style that played off of more traditionally male attributes. And so I think that's been interesting over time to figure out how to build my own unique leadership style and starting to see many more women that are setting an example for unique leadership styles that feel more more feminine. So I think that's that's been that's really exciting and I feel like the world has only, you know, seen yay big of what what can happen when women are, you know, reach their potential and are are taking those opportunities and starting to to grow in a big way. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, P. Creativity. <laughs> yeah. Expression. Yeah. That's my jam. 
I love it. Well, cool. and, and I love you too, Pete. I love you. Okay, thank you so much for being a guest on Unstyled. I hope you'll come back again soon. I would love to. That would be my absolute pleasure and delight. I hope you're inspired after hearing Piera Gilardi's story. For even more Unstyled extras, check out Refinery29 or my Instagram at Christine Barbrick. You can also join the conversation using the hashtag Unstyled across your social media. And of course, we'd be super grateful if you'd please subscribe to Unstyled on iTunes and rate us while you're there. You can head to refinery29.com to find this episode and more, and make sure to sign up for our exclusive Unstyled newsletter, delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our show today was produced and edited by Elisa Kreisinger, with production assistance from Rebecca Easley for Refinery29. Copy and research support provided by Lila Brilson. Our theme music today is by the artist Koff. Hannes Brown produced our episode music, and we recorded Unstyled with Paul Ruist. We'll see you back here next Monday for our last episode, a conversation with Dr. Samantha Boardman on the psychology of style. We'll even have a bonus episode with R29's very own Connie Wang.